Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, listeners, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. Be Free Ministries NC Live. As always, it is such a pleasure to come into your home, to come into your car, to come into your office, wherever you may be at this time. It is a pleasure to share the word of the Lord with you. And so I'm so excited. Well, first of all, let me apologize for missing last week. Oh, my goodness, you all. God was speaking to me about um, a, a business that I have. And he was just sharing some things with me, and I got so excited about what God was sharing with me about my business that I forgot to share, you know, the word of the Lord with you. And so I think I thought about it probably about 6 o'clock, and it was just too late for me to get myself together. And so please forgive me if ever I'm not on the line, you know, either I have a meeting or an appointment or something that's going on. So I apologize for not being on for those of you who had joined me for last Monday. So thank you. Thank you for joining uh, Be Free Ministries every Monday, every single Monday. I really do appreciate you taking the time to listen to the broadcast, to share the word of the Lord, even the feedback that I get from you. Thank you so much for the feedback as well. And so I've been so excited about this Tap In series. Tap Into, we've done Tap Into Salvation, Tap Into Healing, Tap Into Power, Tap Into Joy, Tap Into Peace, and we continue Tap Into Time, and we continue to share what the Lord is giving to us about tapping in. And so, you know, we had such an incredible service yesterday. The Lord swooped in that place, and I mean to tell you, the Lord was ministering to me personally, and I know that he was ministering to my sisters and brothers, and I was laid out, like I was out, I was like, everybody okay? Okay, good, I was just like laid out on the floor, listening to the Lord, and hearing from him, and it was just such a wonderful time, and then today, it's been a beautiful day for my half day, half uh, work half days with teenagers over the summer, and as soon as I pulled into my driveway, you know, I turned the car off, opened the door, and the first, I was just like, oh, God, I thank you. Hallelujah. Just a praise rose up within me. And so normally the Lord allows me to experience whatever I'm going to be talking with you about on Monday. So I was like, okay, God, tap into praise tonight. And so I want to talk to us about praise as uh, as rejoicing, as celebration, and then I want to talk about praise as a weapon. I have a lot of scripture to read, and so I'm going to jump right in. All of the scriptures tonight is going to be from the New Living Translation. So just, and I chose that translation because it's, I have some Old Testament scriptures. And for me, when I study the word, I love the New Living Translation because it's easier to understand for me than the King James Version. So I'd just like to share that with you. Amen. And so we're going to talk about praise as a as rejoicing, as celebration. So praise, according to Dictionary.com, is to extol, to offer homage to God as in words or songs, right? And so my definition of praise is uh, rejoicing, to give honor, to bestow honor, to, to commend, to thank, to celebrate, to appreciate. And, yes, we praise our God through song. We praise our God through words. We also praise our God through the clapping of our hands. We praise God through the dancing of our feet. We praise God 
At my church, we have flags. We praise God through the flags. We have dance ministry at church. We, we praise God through dance. Um, also, I praise the Lord through tambourine. I love playing the tambourine. So we praise the Lord through instruments. You know, every part of our being is meant to praise the Lord. Amen. Through words of adoration, through songs. I mean, just through every bit of us. <laughs> Is meant to praise the Lord, and, and I use praise uh, as far as clapping because clapping was really strongly on my mind as far as praise is concerned. Because I think people may not see clapping as praise, but we clap. You know, everybody put your hands together for the Lord. We hear the presiders or our pastor or the other associate ministers say that, but if we really understood, clapping is a form of praise, and I use clapping even when I pray because clapping destroys some things from the enemy. It tears down, I'm telling you, it tears down strongholds. Clapping breaks up some chains and some fetters and loses some things in the spirit so we can get free. So clapping was heaviest on my mind because we understand song. We understand saying words of praise. We understand the dance, shouting. We understand that, but sometimes we miss out on clapping. So I wanted to make sure that I under, uh, emphasize clapping tonight as a way to celebrate the Lord and as a weapon against the enemy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let me share some scripture with you as far as praise as celebration, praise as rejoicing. Psalm 150, verse 6 says, Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise you, the Lord. Now, I know that there are some people in Christendom that believe that this particular scripture is reserved only for Christians. You know, people who are not saved, they can't praise the Lord. People who have not confessed Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they cannot praise the Lord. I beg to differ because the Bible says in Psalm 150 and 6, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. It did not say let everything that is saved and have breath praise the Lord. Uh, let everything that is saved and Holy Ghost feel praise the Lord. It said, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So praise can come forth out of a Christian. It can come forth from a non-Christian because praise, again, is a celebration. It is adoring God and thanking God for the things that he has done and for the things that he will do. The Lord blesses the sinner man just like he blesses the Christian. He allows the sun to shine on the sinner man just like he does on the Christian. He allows the rain to fall on the sinner man just like he does through the Christian. And he blesses the saved and the unsaved, the just and the unjust. So let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So I would say to my unsaved sisters and brothers, do not let anybody stop your praise. Just because you have not confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior does not mean you can't give God praise. You can praise him for the breath that you're breathing. You can praise him for the job that you have, for the home that you live in, for the car that you drive, for a beautiful family. If you have a beautiful family, for, for singlehood, praise him for that because sometimes you just don't want to be married. So we praise God for all that he has done for us. And whether you're saved or not, God has done some great things for us. Amen. God has saved us. He has healed us. He has delivered us. If he hadn't saved us yet, he has saved a family member. He has healed a family member. He has delivered a family member. He blesses us every time we wake up. That's enough just right there. You can stop right there. Every time we wake up, we are breathing. 
Blood is warming, uh, running warm in our veins. We are in our right mind. We're able to walk, talk, sing, dance, cartwheel, skip, hop, jump on our own. That's enough for us to celebrate God because it's him. You didn't wake yourself up. It's the Lord that woke you up, saved the unsaved. So we can always praise God, every single one of us, for the great things that he has done for us and the wonderful things that's to come. I have some healing that's coming. I have some financial blessings that's coming. I have some deliverance that's coming. So I praise God in advance for what so I praise God for what he's already done, but I praise God in advance for what I know he's going to do for me. Amen. So let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Psalm one oh three. I want to read Psalm one oh three because it's just good. <laughs> It has some really good stuff, and I'm going to read the entire chapter. It has uh, 22 verses, and I'm going to read every single verse because it has some good areas that we either have experienced or will experience in our lives that the Lord has healed us, saved us, delivered us, blessed us, ways that we can praise the Lord. Amen. So Psalm 103, New Living Translation, praise the Lord, I tell myself, with my whole heart I will praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, I tell myself, and never forget the good things he does. For God does some good things for us, don't he? His, 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 his blessings, his promises, his benefits, the things he does for us is mm, mm, good. It's like uh, what's it's finger-licking good. So we praise God for the things that he does for me. Hallelujah. He forgives all my sins. And heals all my diseases. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me and for healing me. Verse 4, he ransoms me from death and surrounds me with love and tender mercies. Hallelujah. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious. He is slow to get angry and full of unfailing love. Now, I know I do some things that make the Lord angry. I know I have said some things that make the Lord angry. But let me tell you the verse says, Psalm 103 and 9, it says, I mean, verse uh, verse 8, the Lord is merciful and gracious. He is slow to get angry. God, I thank you for being slow to get angry with me. Verse 9, he will not constantly accuse us, nor remain angry forever. So while, while the enemy accuses us, he's an accuser of the brethren, the Bible says, the Lord will never accuse us. He will forgive us. He will love us. He will allow his favor to reign over us. Amen. So verse 10, he has not punished us. For all our sins. Isn't that good? Y'all know we sin on a daily basis. Sometimes we don't even realize that we have sinned. Maybe we said something to a family member or a friend or a coworker or somebody we we uh, uh, um, interact with at the grocery store. And maybe we give them a wrong look or we say something wrong. And the Lord does not punish us according to every sin we do. He allows his grace and his mercy to be extended toward us. Amen. That's good, ain't it? God, I thank you for not. God, I thank you for not dealing with me according to my sin. Thank you for forgiving me, and thank you that your anger does not remain. Verse ten, he has. Okay, that was verse ten. Verse eleven, for his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our rebellious acts as far away from us from us as the east is from the west. 
The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he understands how weak we are. He knows we are only dust. Our days on earth are like grass, like wildflowers. We bloom and die. So we thank God for every breath we breathe and every day he gives us. Amen. The wind blows and we are gone, as though we had never been here. But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. His salvation extends to the children's children. God's God's blessing and his favors extends generations. His love extends generations. His salvation salvation extends generations. Amen. Mm, that's good. His salvation extends to the children's children of those who are faithful to his covenant, of those who obey his commandments. Verse 19, the Lord has made the heavens his throne. From there he rules over everything. Praise the Lord, you angels of his, you mighty creatures who carry out his plans, listening for each of his commands. Yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve him and do his will. Praise the Lord, everything he has created, everywhere in his kingdom. As for me, I too will praise the Lord. Oh, I love that chapter because it it touches every area of our life. Our, our, our sin, our healing, our deliverance, it touches every area of our life, the ways that God blesses us, and it's enough for us to give God praise. Hallelujah. God, we thank you for Psalm 103. Hallelujah. Okay, I'm going to keep moving. Y'all go back and read it on your own and praise God in your living room or at your house somewhere. Okay? All right, let's go on so I can get through all these scriptures the Lord has given me. Philippians 4 and 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. When things are going good, rejoice. When things are going bad, rejoice. When you feel indifferent about the way things are going, rejoice. Rejoice always. Every, even our bad situations, every situation, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. We can look at that situation and say, God, this is ugly. God, this is hurtful. God, I don't even know why I'm having to go through this thing right here. But I know that your word says that all things work together for the good to those who love the Lord. So, God, I'm going to praise you in the midst of the test. I'm going to praise you in the midst of the storm. I'm going to praise you in the midst of the trial. I'm going to praise you in the midst of the sickness. I'm going to praise you in the midst of the the divorce. I'm going to praise you even though they've taken my son away to jail. God, I'm going to praise you in the midst of everything I'm going through and in because, God, you're worthy, and I know you're going to see me through it. I'm going to rejoice, and again, I say rejoice. God, because I know you're with me, you're going to see me through. You're going to carry me through. You're going to allow me to uh, uh, jump over that hurdle to to pass through that mountain or pass over that mountain. So, God, I'm going to praise you. So we are to rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Hallelujah. God is a good God. Amen. Hallelujah. Even Psalm, I didn't write down all of Psalm 150, but we read 156. But go back and read the entire Psalm 150, that's a a book full of praise as well. So we are to celebrate God for the things that he has done, for the things that he will do. So we not only praise God, I know I mentioned tests and trials as we go through, but we praise God for the good things that he has done for us. I was able to purchase my own home the end of last year, and I praise God all up and through this house because God has been so good to me. He has healed me supernaturally a couple of times in my life, and I praise God for that. 
He makes sure that I have enough money to pay the bills every month and have a couple of dollars left over. And I praise God for that. Hallelujah. I praise God for waking me up every single morning because it didn't have to, but he did. Hallelujah. So we praise God not only in the bad times, but we praise him in the good times. We rejoice in him for the great and mighty things that he has done. Hallelujah. So praise as rejoicing, as celebration. We need to tap in. When we have a heart of praise, an attitude of praise, a mindset of praise, a spirit of praise, it is hard for the enemy to come in and just do whatever he wants to do because we built a throne of praise, an atmosphere of praise around us that is hard for the enemy to penetrate. So I say praise God every second, every minute uh, of your life. Just give God praise. Just raise your hand and say thank you. Or just sometimes if you're on your job, you can't really holler out thank you. So just whisper thank you. Just whisper a thank you to the Lord. Hallelujah. So we are to praise God, to celebrate God, to appreciate God, to thank God for all the things that he has done. And we'll do, and not just for us. Let's not be selfish in our praise. So we not only praise God, because praise is personal. Praise is personal. We praise God for what he's done for us. But praise is also communal. We ought to praise God for what he's doing for our family members. Praise God for what he's doing for our friends. Praise God for what he's doing for our sisters and brothers in Christ. Praise God for what he's doing to our, for our neighbors down the street. Praise God for, you know, we get news reports. I see news reports all the time, a lot of bad stuff going on in the news. But there's some good stuff going on, too. So we praise God for what he's doing for everybody because God has no respect of, of persons. What he does for one, he'll do for the other. And what God has for you is for you. So you praise God for what he do for you, and you praise God for what he does for others. Sometimes when we praise God for what he does for others, it causes our victory to come in even quicker. It causes us to get our breakthrough because we are celebrating. Celebrating God for what he's doing for someone else. Don't get jealous if your sister or your brother is blessed with a new home or a new car or a new job or a promotion on their job or with a, with a spouse, you know, or with children or with the financial blessings. Don't get jealous because your blessing is on the way, I promise you. Your blessing is on the way. So don't just be selfish with your praise. Praise God. Celebrate him. Thank him for what he's doing for others. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God, we take a minute to say thank you. We take a minute to praise you, to extol you, to bless you, to give you glory and honor. Hallelujah. For all that you're doing for us and for all that you're doing for everyone else around us, even for the people that we don't know that you're blessing. Thank you. Thank you for blessing those boys in Thailand that have gotten free from that case. Thank you for blessing those workers to be strong enough and have enough strategy to rescue those boys. So, God, thank you that they're being rescued. Hallelujah. And they're being restored back to their family. So, God, thank you for what you're doing for us, and thank you for what you're doing for others. Amen. Amen. So let's get into praise as a weapon. So there are three scriptures that we're going to look at as far as praise as a weapon. And I want to go to Joshua first. A very familiar uh, passage of scripture, Joshua chapter 6. I'm turning there now. And I think I want to start. Where, where am I start, Lord? Let me go. Let me turn my page. I got Chronicles. So let me start at verse 6. I'm going to read verse 6 through 21. 
So Joshua called together the priests and said, so so let me give you a little bit of background. So so the Lord has sent uh, Joshua to approach the city of Jericho. And, and, and so, so Jericho is they 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 being a little they 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 being a little wishy washy, and so what is happening is God needs a wall of Jericho to come down so that Joshua and his army can go in and um, claim this city, okay, claim this city for the Lord. And so this is the fall of Jericho. So Joshua five chapter six verse six. So Joshua called together the priests and said, "Take up the ark of the covenant." and assigned seven priests to walk in front of it, each carrying a ram's horn. Then he gave orders to the people, march around the city, and the armed men will lead the way in front of the ark of the Lord. After Joshua spoke to the people, the seven priests with the ram's horn started marching in the presence of the Lord, blowing the horns as they marched. And the priests, Carrying the Lord, carrying excuse me the ark of the Lord's covenant, followed behind them. Armed guards marched in front of the priests and behind the ark of the covenant. So the ark of the covenant, in case you didn't know, um, represented the presence of the Lord. So the presence of the Lord dwelled within the ark of the covenant. So that's why it was an important part of of Israel's worship and an important part of the victories that the Lord allowed the people of Israel to. Um, to have during the Old Testament times. It was a very essential part of worship in their life um, in in God. And so that's the Ark of the Covenant. Um, So with the priest continually blowing the horn. So let me read that again. So verse 9, armed guards march both in front of the priest and behind the Ark with the priest continually blowing the horn. Do not shout. Do not even talk. Joshua commanded, not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout, then shout. So the ark of the Lord was carried around the city once that day, and then everyone returned to spend the night in the camp. Verse 12, Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priests again carried the ark of the Lord. The seven priests with the ram's horn marched in front of the ark of the Lord, blowing their horns. Armed guards marched both in front of the priest with the horns and behind the Ark of the Lord, or the Ark of the Covenant. All this time, the priests were sounding their horns. On the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They followed this pattern for six days. This was a strategy that God gave Joshua to to defeat the city of Jericho. Sometimes God may give us strange or unusual, and our eyesight is strange, and our eyesight is unusual, but ways in order to gain the victory, in order to fight against the enemy. But I promise you, if you follow God's plan, if you follow God's strategy, your victory will come, and it will be good, and it will be pleasant in your sight. Amen? Amen. Um, so verse, nine, verse 15, on the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn, and marched around the city as they had done before. But this time they went around the city seven times. That's the number of completions. The seventh time around, as the priests sounded the long blast on their horns, Joshua commanded the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. 
the city and everything in it must be completely destroyed as an offering to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and the others in her house will be spared, for she protected the spies. So if you read back, I don't know what chapter it is. It's probably in chapter maybe 3, 4, or 5 of Joshua. Rahab was able to, uh, uh, Joshua sent two spies in to um, to um, examine, and I can't find the word I'm looking for, to kind of spy out or examine the city and bring that word to Joshua about what was going on. And so Rahab actually protected the spies. She kept them safe from being destroyed, from being taken, from being killed. And so she asked the man, or she asked the spies, you know, if I, because I protected you, can you get your God to protect me and my family? And the spies, who were the people of God, um, two men of God, they granted her her request. And so she was saved, but everybody else in the city of Jericho were destroyed. All right, so make sure that you read back Joshua either 1, 2, 3, 4, or 5. I can't remember which chapter, but you read back um, so that you can understand that story. Okay, so verse 18, do not take any of the things, oh, wait a minute. Oh, yes. So verse 18, do not take any of the things set apart for destruction, or you yourselves will be completely destroyed, and you will bring trouble on all Israel. Everything made from silver, gold, bronze, or iron is sacred to the Lord and must be brought into his treasury. So those are some very specific instructions in order for the people of Israel to um, gain their victory. Verse 20, when the people heard the sound of the horns, they shouted as loud as they could, Suddenly, the walls of Jericho collapsed, and the Israelites charged straight into the city from every side and captured it. They completely destroyed everything in it, men and women, young and old, cattle, sheep, donkeys, everything. So God gave Joshua and the children of Israel victory with a shout with a praise, and they were able to go in and destroy the enemy and gain victory over the city of Jericho. Again, sometimes God's his, his means of securing our victory may be unconventional. They may be unusual, but I promise you it's right, and God will give us the victory that we need. Amen. Amen. So the wall, they shouted, they praised God, and, the, and, and, and I know that we don't have to march around any uh, literal walls today, but there may be some secretive walls that are holding you back from being intimate with the Lord or holding you back from doing what God has called you to do. And God says that we are to praise him, we are to shout so those walls can come tumbling down. Let me give you an example. Sometimes when we get hurt because of past relationships, it could be a parent parental relationship, it could be a love relationship, just any relationship that hurts our heart, that damages us, that causes us harm. Sometimes we build walls around our heart so that nobody else can touch our heart so we won't be hurt again. I've been there. I've been there a couple of times in my life. But God does not want those walls around our heart to stay up. He needs those walls to come down. And one way those walls can come down is with our praise. Hallelujah. 
praising God that, God, that relationship hurt me, that individual or that group of people, they hurt me. But, God, I'm going I'm to praise you so the walls of my heart can come tumbling down so that you can sh- uh, show me love, God, so that I can receive your love, God, so that I can receive the fullness of your heart towards me, God, because I know you'll never hurt me. You'll never do me wrong. You'll never abandon me. So, so, so there are figurative walls that we have in our lives that need to come tumbling down. It may not be walls of your heart. It could be walls in your mind. It could be walls that you put up just to keep everybody out. But God wants those walls that we have erected within ourselves to come tumbling down so that we can be free and so that we can help others be free. Amen. We need to be free and free indeed in every area of our life. So walls come tumbling down when we pray. Let's go to Second Chronicles. I actually did not remember this, but I haven't read the book of Chronicles in a long time. But when I read this chapter, boy, this, this was good to me. I've only read one verse in this chapter. When I read a verse, you, you read it too. You're going to know what it is. I read this um chapter in a while, but boy, when I read it, it fits. Praise as a weapon, it fits. So Second Chronicles chapter 20, I am going to, I really want to read, let me see what I, okay, I'm going to start with verse 13. I'm going to read 13 through 15, and then I'm going to read 20 through 24, okay? So let me give you the backstory. Jehoshaphat is king over Judah at this time, and there are uh, a couple of groups of people that come come against him, the Ammonites are coming against him, and the armies of Mount Seir are coming against him. And so I encourage you to make sure you go back and read this, you know, read a couple of chapters ahead of chapter 20 so that you can get a better understanding of what was going on. But we're going to highlight Second Chronicles chapter 20, starting with verse 13. As all, so, so, so let me give you a little bit more history. So the people, the uh, Moabites, Ammonites, and the armies of Mount Seir were coming against Against Jeho- I must, let me slow down. I'm talking too fast. Let me slow down and get my words right. They were coming against Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah. So when it was revealed to Jehoshaphat that these armies were coming against him, he immediately called a fast. That's good. He called the people of Judah to fast. Not only did he call the people of Judah to fast, he also gathered the people and he went forth in a public prayer. He called the people forth and he prayed publicly and he asked God, God, give us strategy, give us insight, help us with this, God, so that we can have the victory over our enemy, okay? He asked for God's guidance, he asked the people to fast, and he went forth in a public prayer, okay? So this leads us to verse 13. As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives, and children, The Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jael, son of Matania, and a Levite who was a descendant of Asaph. Okay, so I just want to point out here that God didn't use a person who already had a title. He didn't use one of the priests. He didn't use one of the prophets. He used one of the people. Of Israel, who were standing in the crowd, he called Jehaziah forward, and not Jehaziah, yeah, Jehaziel 
forward, and, the, and he spoke the word of the Lord through Jehaziel. So I just want us to know that we don't have to have a title for the Lord to use us. We don't have to have a specific uh, position for the Lord to use us. If our heart and our spirit is open and available to the Lord, he can use us. If he can speak through a donkey, surely he can speak through whoever he so chooses. So don't get so caught up in titles or positions. Some people do get caught up in that, but don't you get caught up in that. Allow the Lord to freely flow through you and use you wherever you are and however he wants to use you. Amen. And so he called for the man, man just, from, just from the crowd, Jehaziel. And this is what the Lord said through Jehaziel. Listen, King Jehoshaphat, listen, you people of Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by his by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours. It belongs. Oh, I got excited. For the battle is not yours, but God. So we all of us have read Second Chronicles, verse twenty, and uh, chapter twenty and verse fifteen. Because the battle is not ours; it is the Lord. That's what the man of God said. And then verse sixteen, it says. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. Okay? So let's move down to verse 20 where, where the victory comes. Verse 20, early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, listen to me. All you people of Judah and Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. After consulting the leaders of the people, the king appointed singers. He didn't appoint warriors. He appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor, this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithfulness endures forever. Look, the singers went first. The army didn't go first. The praisers went first. The singers went forth. At, in verse 22, at the moment they begin to sing and give praise, the Lord, excuse me, let me read that again. At that moment, they began to sing and give praise. The Lord caused the enemy so at the moment they were singing and praising, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they finished off the army of Seir, they turned on each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point, in the wilderness, there were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. God sent the praisers forth to combat the enemy. And when they begin to sing and when they begin to praise, the enemy turned on, on each other. The enemy turned on each other, fought each other, killed each other. And that's how God gave Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah the victory. Ain't that something? My God, that's good to me. The, the army did not have to lift a sword 
They did not have to lift a finger. All that needed to happen was the praises to go forth, and the enemy was defeated. Hallelujah. When we praise God, the enemy has to back up. When he tries to trouble us with sickness in our body or or um, turmoil in our families or turmoil in our mind, when the enemy tries to come up with that, then we need to praise God because it causes the enemy to back up and be defeated. Amen. Hallelujah. Make sure that you go back and read Second Chronicles 20 so you can just sit, sit in that word and soak in that word and let it get into your spirit that the singers and the praises, they won the battle for Jehoshaphat. And Judah, look, my time has already gone, but I'm going to read this last scripture, and I'm going to get to this last scripture. And you know this, this is a very familiar passage of scripture in Acts chapter 16, when Paul and Silas were thrown in jail. Let me just read that that particular scripture so I can move forward in our uh, broadcast. I'm going to read 22, verse 22. It said, a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas. So what happened is, go back and read Acts 16, but what happened is Paul cast a demon out of a young girl, and her owners got upset about it because they were um, they were gaining money um, from her from her being demon-possessed. They were gaining money from all that that entailed. I have to go back and read it, but they were gaining money from her. And so Paul spoke and was like, demon, go in Jesus' name. And so the young girl was free from that d- demonic oppression, and they got mad, and they began to, the mob began to speak against Paul and Silas. And so this is what happened. A mob, verse 22, quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape, so he took no chances but put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the socks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas, now let's push pause here. Paul and Silas, were, they were stripped of their clothes. They were dragged through the city. They were beat. But this is what they did around midnight. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. I'm going to stop right there. They begin to praise God, they begin to sing, they begin to pray, and their shackles were loose. But look, 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 not only were their shackles loose, the shackles of everybody who was bound in that prison were loose. Our praise not only frees us, but it frees those that are around us. Hallelujah. It loosed the shackles of every single jailer that was bound. Now, I know they were thrown in jail, and that's a different kind of shackle, but sometimes the Lord tries to shackle us and keep us from praising him. Sometimes he uses our spouse. Sometimes he uses our kids. Sometimes he uses our lack of money. He uses so many different tactics to try to get us off focus. But even though those shackles may bind us for a minute, if we go forth in a praise, those shackles will be loose, not only from us, but from our family members, from our friends, from our church family, from everybody who's in our vicinity, their shackles will get loose as well when we go forth in a praise. So we not only praise to rejoice, to celebrate God, to thank God, but we use praise as a weapon to defeat the enemy. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So I've already added 
all of these scriptures to our Blog Talk website. So make sure if you didn't write them down, make sure that you go to Blog Talk dot com slash bfm nc live it has all the scriptures up there so that you can go back and read these scriptures and let these scriptures really soak into your spirit so that you can go forth in a praise to rejoice to celebrate god but also to use it as a weapon against the enemy amen hallelujah thank you so much for joining our broadcast and i i enjoy this teaching i love to praise god like i praise god all the time i thank him all the time because he's just so good to me i thank him for my family and how he's blessing my family Hallelujah, how he's blessing my friends. And so I just praise God for all that he's doing for me as well as you. Amen. And so thank you for joining the broadcast. Join us next week, Monday at 630. We're going to tap into worship, tap into worship. If you want to know more about Be Free Ministries, visit us on our website at BeFreeMinistriesNC.Weebly.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash BeFreeMinistriesNC. If you have a praise report or a prayer request, email us at BeFreeMinistriesNC at Outlook.com. I think I'm going to go ahead and put these scriptures on our website. So if you don't remember the blogtalk.com website, I'm going to go ahead and put these scriptures on Be Free Ministries website, and I'm going to do it tonight so that you can have those scriptures to study um, in your leisure. Amen. Amen. So I pray that you have a blessed week for the rest of this week. I pray that you will praise God through every situation, in every situation, the good and the bad, that you will go for in a praise and watch God work on your behalf. Amen. Amen. So if nobody has told you that they love you, I love you. We at Be Free Ministries, we love you. This is Be Free Ministries signing off. <laughs>